I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. everybody. Welcome back to another one of our old school podcasts. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my buddy, Chief John Salka. And John, uh, we've been getting um, uh, some some awesome responses to the to the show. Uh, some great emails. And, and guys and gals out there, thank you so much. Please know that we appreciate each and every one. But uh, buddy, I, I, we had one uh, I mentioned to you uh, earlier um, from, from a fire, well, he was actually, it was a, a firefighter I had in the class years ago in my, it was down, it was down in Miami. He's from Miami fire rescue, um, Alex Perez. And then there's about four or five other people that have asked about the same topic. And I know we did this on our fire engineering podcast, the command post a while back. We taught, we kind of, we were talking about response capabilities and we kind of slid this topic in there, but, uh, I was thinking maybe we just do one show, uh, you know, just on the topic of riding and tool assignments, John, for both the career and volunteer, you know, uh, companies. What do you think? I mean, I think it's a great idea, regardless of the fact that we've done it before. And, and certainly other people have talked about it. Uh, we mention it sometimes for a short period of time, sometimes for a longer period of time during some of our classes. Sometimes that, that topic comes up. It's an interesting topic. It's a tactical topic. Um, I mean, who doesn't like talking about riding assignments and tool assignments, right? All interesting stuff. And the fact that uh, there are some variations, not that the volunteer or career have anything specifically that's exclusively theirs, but there's some variations there. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and sometimes even just a, a, a lightly staffed career department sometimes ha- could have different or more difficult time getting, uh, giving assignments than maybe a, a well a well-staffed volunteer department where lots of people come out for the runs, you know? So well, as always, it comes down to the number of people. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, for me, well, just like you from going from the FDNY where I always used to joke, you like the Pez dispenser of, of staffing and what is it? Um, uh, not extra. What are you? Oh, surplus. Yes. Yeah, surplus, surplus. Rigs surplus, sur- surplus. That's offices. <laughs> That's offices. <laughs> Let me order up another thousand firefighters for this like 15 alarm. But, but you know, for, for me, John, it's kind of same thing, FDNY, and then you've got South Blooming Grove. So you got your, your career place and then you got your volley joint with your chief and you've been there, you've been doing that a long time. You know, for me, you know, same, same. And then, you know, most recently, you know, what I had in Louisville kind of spoiled me. We were in a five member de- dedicated truck companies and usually four in the engine, sometimes three and all the ambulances are running with two firefighter paramedics and the battalion chiefs have an aide at the rank of captain and we got chiefs coming. So, and then, you know, I went to Trophy Club, another great fire department, uh, another great one in Texas as well. And, you know, with, with five guys on duty at the time, you know, three on the engine, two on the, the ambulance, or three on the truck, two on the, the, you know, the ambulance. And you can, you know, the ambulance is on the way to hospital, you're on the three people. And, you know, like you said before, 
you know, it'd be great to have five people riding your engine all the time in your truck, but that's not necessarily reality. I'll say this, for the majority of the fire service, that's not reality. If you look at almost 40,000 fire departments, you know, right. staffing-wise. Right. So, you know, obviously, separate from the, from the, you know, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of big fire departments have that, but okay. it's still just dozens compared to thousands, right? I mean, Butch Cobb, uh, my buddy, our buddy from Jersey City, who worked for ISO for a number of years after he uh, retired from Jersey City, Love he said there's 40,000 fire departments in the United States, counting the smallest little volunteer outfit somewhere with a, with a dirt floor and an unheated building and, and one 30-year-old rig to, you know, to the biggest paid fire department with hundreds and hundreds of units. There's 40,000 fire departments. So even though there's you know, two, three, four dozen departments that have really good staffing, most departments either don't have good staffing or have it intermittently, or, you know, they do have good staffing, but they have a gigantic area. So the good staffing sort of gets washed away by long response times. And so there's a lot of, lot of variables here. Absolutely. Well, and there's some, there's some volunteer departments that struggle to get out, you know, the door during the day or, or in the middle of the night with, with a handful of people. And then there's some volunteer departments where they're, they're falling, they're falling out of the ceiling on the rigs. It's, you know, you and I have been to some of these places like, Oh my God, I mean, they've got people coming out of everywhere. So you're right. It kind of it, it's kind of depends on where you're at, what part of the country, whether you're in a rural setup or more of an urban uh, uh, setting, and so on and so forth. But so, but let's let's talk about that, John. Let's talk about maybe the difference before, before we get to the actual writing and tool assignments. Some of the considerations, thinking along those lines, with career versus volunteer. I think we mentioned a couple already, but you know, you've said before. Knowing who you've got riding behind you and knowing what call you're going on, um, it's one thing, right, to show up for your shift and know that you're riding that seat. A lot of guys ride the same seat or whatever versus you're waiting to see who shows up at the volley joint, right? Who's jumping in what seat behind you, right? You know, that that's so true. And and another thing that we have not mentioned yet, but we, but we sort of need to mention just to keep the conversation focused is, like, what are you responding to? I'm not sure if we need to right. restrict up restrict our comments, you know, right now for this conversation to, to, to just going on fires. But I mean, you know, you could be sitting, you could be sitting on the bay with the first rig waiting to go out for an MVA, a motor vehicle accident with injuries and entrapment. Or you could be sitting on the apron with the first rig waiting to go out for smoke in a building or for a report of a structural fire. I mean, there's a lot of things you could be waiting to go out for. And to some degree, it depends on what you're going to, because that may dictate what you're responding with. And the volunteer fire service, a lot of times there's four or five or six rigs in a firehouse and the five guys that show up are going to select the apparatus that best suits the run. They might be going on a rescue call. They may jump in the engine and the ambulance, or they may be going on a call for a, for an MVA. They may take, they may take the engine and the truck or, or maybe just the Quint, you know, which has some water, but it's got the hearse tool also. So right off the bat, before we even, before we even can figure out, who's going or how many we're going to need, you got to start to look at what you're going to, what, what the call for help uh, is asking, you know, for. Well, and, and so let me ask you this. I know you were, you were a, a pretty big fan of it years ago, and, and I think you still are now knowing you. Um, and let's just stay right now with the volunteer side. I guess you do on the career side too, but it's you know, more, I think, more uh, important on the volunteer side a lot of places. And a lot of people have actually asked us and shown us, are you still a big fan of having, you know, dedicated seats and looking like we're talking writing the tool assignments, having, having what right in front of you, the little template that says MVA, this structure fire, this, 
or whatever. You know, we, you know, we've had that before. We said, okay, you're riding this seat in a truck. Well, and I, I know we'll get to this in a few minutes. You, this seat, you're part of, you're part of the roof team. This seat, you're part of the inside team. This, you know, and it kind of just like the Rit Tarp used to remind the Rit team, residential, commercial, around the Proby. This is what you got to go get or whatever. Are you still a big fan of maybe, you know, having something that you they, the, the new guy or whoever happens to sit right behind one of your captains, lieutenants, looks right there and says, "Okay, I'm going to smoke in the building. I'm riding this seat. I need to grab the can or grab this or whatever." How are you? Are you still along with that? You know, absolutely. And and you know, it's like seat assignments. You know, what I'm saying, like you sit in that seat, you have the irons. You sit in the seat opposite that guy you're going to take the can and maybe the hook. Now, now, number one, what's great about that is the boss knows, the officer knows when he's getting in the rig. And in my volunteer fire department, the officer pretty much loads the rig. In other words, the rig pulls out on the apron. Nobody gets inside. Nobody gets on the rig inside. We pull it out first onto the apron, even in the winter. And the boss is there, the lieutenant, the captain, whoever it is. They say, okay, Tommy, Tommy, jump in. Frankie, jump in with him. Timmy, jump in on the other side. So right off the bat, he's putting people in because he knows the guys that he's putting behind him are going to be the inside team. That's number one. Number two, the inside team tools, the axe and the halligan, the set of irons, the hook and the can, and I'm, not, and I'm not saying you need to do those exact tools, but, you know, we do them in a lot of places, do those tools for those assignments. Those tools are going to be stored somewhere right either in that crew compartment there where those, where those folks are sitting or maybe in a compartment right outside. Yeah. So when they hop out the rig, dismount the rig, the they swing the compartment open, there's where their tools are. If, if you're just sitting in a seat and a boss gives you an assignment, however well thought out it is, on the way to the box, on the way to the alarm, now what tools are you taking? Does he have to tell you that too? And if he has to tell you that, where are they? Versus if you get a sort of preset, you're sitting in this seat, you get the irons, and the irons are right there under your feet or right next to you, mounted securely. It makes so many things – it takes a couple of steps out of, out, of the, out of the whole story there, and it makes things easier both for the officer – and for the firefighter, they know they're sitting there, they know they're going to be inside with the officer, and they know they're taking the tools that are right there next to them. Well, that ease of access you're talking about, you know, and I know some, you know, some truck companies that function also as rescues, if you will, you know, they do extrication, you know, they dedicate like one whole side to extrication and special rescue, and the other sides to vent or, or, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. But I, I like that. I like that idea. You know, we used to talk about Louisville. You heard me mention in class a bunch of times, like the truck company. I'll just talk about that. You know, the captain and his jump seat firefighter are the, the fourth century search team. The driver and his jump seat guy are the roof are the roof team. And the fifth guy is the outside vent person, the OVM. And they know that if you're the fifth, you already on the career side, you already know this. But even if that was, you know, so the volunteer department says you fill the seats, like you said, you know which seat you're getting. You, you, you know, I, I, I like that. I, I'd rather not. You can always call an audible, right? You can always say, no, 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 drop that. Let's do this. But I like, right. I like, I, I sit down in a seat. Okay, I got the nozzle. If I don't have the nozzle, I'm bringing a pump can. Or I got this. And, and you know what? And the guys and the gals, the folks that are riding with you, the, the people in your fire department, they start knowing that too. And now when they're rolling up, now when I'm jumping out of their car, you know, volunteers now, jumping out of the car, running into the station, running through the overhead bay door, the rig is pulled out already. They, they know what seat they want to jump in because they're looking for the inside maybe. Or maybe the guy wants to get to the roof today and practice cutting with the saw or, or carrying the saw up the ladder or whatever it is. So, you know, it's not like you're the only one that knows that. Everybody knows who's sitting where, meaning what seats are what assignments, the seat assignments. And, and, and guys strive, or maybe 
look or try to get into those seats because that's 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 the spot, that's the job that they like to have. So I I think it's a great idea. I, I don't think there's, I mean I'm sure there is, and I'm sure it's legitimate. I'm sure there's something there's some negative. I'm sure there's some drawback to this, but I find the uh, the fact that the officer knows who's getting in the position by sending them in there. He knows where the t- what tools are going to be carrying. They know what tools are going to be carrying, and they're going to be stored nearby. Just those facts alone make these seat assignments, uh, I think, a great idea for, for, for rapid response, for getting out the door quickly and, and knowing what you're doing when you get there. Well, one of our shows, we talked about, you know, specking the rigs and, you know, hose beds and tool placement. Just like you said, you know, having the, 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 the foresight to go, okay, you know, this guy riding behind, if there's only three of us on this pumper, the firefighter behind the, the company officer is going to have to do this or this and this. So let's make sure they have these tools, like you said, readily available to them. <clears throat> they step off the rig. If they're not already mounted, I know some people don't like to mount tools in the rigs and all that stuff, I guess for accidents or if you're rolling your fire engines all the time. So don't the safety people get on me. But um, but on the other hand, I, I like that idea, John. You step off, you grab you grab the, you know, whether it's the can and, and, and a, you, know, you take a pick head axe and, and, a, and a hook with the, you know, married together, or your irons in the can, or you take your irons and whatever, whatever your specific role is, you know, getting off and knowing, knowing that if you pull up and you have smoke showing and you're going to stretch a line that you got the knob, if not, you know, okay, I'm either going to stand next to the hose bed and, you know, and, and know that when the officer, you know, gets in there, we've said this before, not to deviate too much from writing the tool assignments, right, John, you know, you pull up with nothing showing, you've got nothing showing all four sides. You're the first arriving pumper. We've said this. I like, leaving the firefighter at the, at the hose bed, ready to stretch a hose. The officer initiates the investigation. Here comes the rest of the rest of the cavalry, you know, coming in behind him and they go in and help him investigate. If there's nothing inside, it's not an ideal H atmosphere. So it doesn't require two and two out. If he opens up the door, he encounters smoke. He stops right there. If he looks upstairs, he stops. And, and it's got to be considerable smoke, not just, not just a whisper smoke like food on a stove or a, yeah. or a very minor something smoldering because that's been identified in two and two out as not warranting. You don't have to do it for, for a very minor condition that could be quickly handled. Even a minor smoke condition coming out the door as you swing it open is, yeah. is not – I'll tell you, listen, here, I just want to say this before I forget it because I will forget it very quickly. You know, when, when, you're, when you're suffering with, with short staffing, like some departments are, career or volunteer, um, what, I, what I do a lot in South Bloomin' Grove is we pull up to a house for an odor, for report of a fire, for report of – sparking fixture, whatever it is, where I think the possibility of a hose line is, 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 could be, could happen. When we get there, I tell them line to the front door and I have them pull that line to the front door. And you know what? They drop it. They drop it at the front door. They pull the line off the pumper. They pull all the pre-connect out. They flake it out on the grass. They drop the nozzle at the front door. They run back and get a tool if they need it. They run back and get whatever else they need while the officer's doing a 360 or while somebody's trying to get in the front door, you can do a couple of things at once. You don't have to pull the line and then kneel down at the front door with the line and wait for water. You can pull the line, drop it, go down. You know, we only get three people today. You got to drop the line and go back and get a set of irons. and come back to the door, you might have to force it, drop the irons, pick up the nozzle, say start water. You might have to do double duty there. So I like getting that line to the front door because then it's done. And if we don't need it, who cares? We get practice stretching and we get practice packing. Well, exactly. And there, and there's a lot of ways to accomplish, you know, what we're trying to do task wise at, at a particular incident, whether it's an MVA or an automatic fire alarm or, you know, odor of smoke or a, a structural fire or whatever, car fire, so on and so forth. I, I remember John getting into 
a pretty, I won't say heated, but good discussion with a battalion chief from Metro Department. He is he is so against predetermined assignments and seat assignments. You know, he's like, that needs to be, that decision needs to be made when you get there and you see what you have and all this stuff. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but I, I just haven't had any issues, John, with saying, look, if we go to this, this is what you're taking. If you go, you know, I, I, most of these firefighters, are three times seven or, you know, 18, 19 year old, you know, whatever, but they're, they're very responsible people. They help, they hold people's lives in their hands. Some of them are paramedics sticking needles in people's arms and stuff and making drug calculations and things. I think we can trust them. You, once you train them to say, look, if you're riding behind here and you go to this, this is what you do, or this is what you bring. And like I said, for, for maybe a a volunteer department that has a a lot of new folks or whatever, you put the little placard up that they sit down and look like, okay, this is what I need to bring with me if I ride in this seat. Right. So two guys, right. you know, you've been there before. You look out, and everybody's standing with a halligan. Everybody's standing there with an axe. Everybody's standing with – I'm like, so we didn't. We don't have any variety here? Everybody just got right. the same tool. Right. And it's just a starting position. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like one guy gets over the irons, another guy gets off with a hook, another guy gets off with, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever, whatever uh, other tools. The point is it's a starting point. And then – the minute they get off the rig, you might turn around and say, Billy, drop the eyes. I need three hooks. You get a hook too. It, it, that's all it took. However long it took me to, take, to, to say that sentence, that's all it took to change that tool assignment. But if I don't want to change it, if I get what, what could happen? A company officer, could a company officer get distracted at the scene, pulls up, and there's something urgent, really urgent going on, and he has to address it right away. Could, could you have a weak officer? Could you have a brandy, brandy, brandy new officer? Yeah, so now everybody's going to get off the rig and stand there saying, what do you want, Lou? What do you want me to carry? No, 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 what do you want me to carry? Now everybody's standing in line waiting to, give, to be given an assignment, and there's a lot of situations where that could get sort of yucked up a little bit maybe versus everybody getting off the rig with something as a starting point, and the boss, if he doesn't like it, he makes an adjustment. Tommy, drop the hook. You get irons too. Let's go. we gotta, we got to cut some flooring inside or grab the saw, you know? So, again, I don't think there's any justification for saying, predetermined tools or at least a basic tool assignment getting off the rig. I don't see that as ever being bad because the officer can eyeball it and make a very quick adjustment if he wants to call an audible can call an audible, right? It's just, audible. It's, exactly. It's just like a football team. Yep. Yeah. That's like saying, that's like saying, Rick, Rick, two and a half, you know, oh, okay. Cause normally we pull up to this particular structure, you know, let's say, you know, we've talked about, we got, you know, single family dwell responses an instant recorder, let's call it pre-connect or whatever. We pull up, well, we got a big-ass single-family dwelling, and it's communicating to another one, and or whatever. We have well-involved. We're not going inside. You may just say, Rick, Rick, two and a half. You know, now, obviously, we're not dragging inside, but let's, let's knock this down. Let's go with some, some large-caliber ammunition here to give us, give us a little oomph so we can work our way inside. You know, exactly. so just like you said, you know, all right, hey, no, 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 grab this. Or, you know, when you pull up, John, and this goes back to training and pre-plans, you pull up and you know that particular subdivision or neighborhood have really high ceilings for, you know, whatever. And you go, hey, six-foot hook ain't going to make it unless you stand on, like, two chairs or two, you know, gra- grab the longer hook or whatever, Tommy. Oh, okay, you know, thanks, Cap. You know, and, and it, we talk, we say this almost every show, John. It always goes back to training. Everything we do goes back to training. Right, I think a lot of the writing and tool assignments are taken care of, and I know you agree with this. We've talked about it. Well before the tones ever get set off, it comes. You know, you're sitting around the kitchen table, have a cup of coffee, you're up in the training room on drill night, and you're talking. Okay, all right. If we went to a house fire right now, if you're right here, right here, right here, you bring the, you know, you know, and you're talking about, 
you know, what tools match the particular scenario from what seat. But I just don't think it should be a bag of marbles hitting the ground and going in different directions. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, as great, there's a lot of great, great incident commanders, whether it's a battalion chief, deputy, whatever, they're, they're, they're awesome. We've met them. We've said this before, you know, there, there's almost, there's almost 40,000 fire chiefs. There's a couple knuckle, knuckleheads. There's literally thousands and thousands of great fire chiefs, just like company officers. Company officers have a lot of stuff they got to get done and they, they don't need to be holding their firefighters hands going, okay, John, you go grab this. Ricky, go grab that. You know, I need to be able to get off the rig. And unless I have something specific, I need to tell you, boom, I'm gone to my 360. And our very smart, intelligent, you know, well-trained, good, dedicated firefighters go, I know what the hell I'm supposed to. You said it before where guys are going, hey, you as a new company officer. Oh, you didn't think I was going to bring the tune in. You know, you just. You, and this what? works best, obviously, with better staffing. It, oh, you know, yeah. every time we have a conversation about this stuff, better staffing it doesn't come down to better staffing, obviously, but better staffing always helps. Better staffing always speeds things up. Better staffing always focuses people on what this, what, what tools they're going to bring or what job they might get to do because there's enough people to do a couple of different jobs. You know, my, my son Brian's riding around sometimes in the back of an engine in, in North Charleston with, with an engineer and an officer in the front seat. Some days it's, it's Brian in the back by himself, and some days it's Brian and another guy. And when it's Brian and another guy, then that's good because then somebody's got the nozzle, somebody's got the backup. If they go in to have to do a search, somebody's got the iron, somebody's got something else, a hook maybe, whatever. But not, now we're at a third. Now we're at a third firefighter to that same crew compartment for an engine operation. Now you got somebody at the back step counting the number of lengths of hose coming off if that's how you pack it. Or somebody, you know, back at the rig pulling, pulling a pre-connect off. Or somebody at the turn of the garage, you know, pulling the hose around the corner so the two guys on the nozzle can make – you know, be feet and get, and get to the, uh, to the door, the, the place that's on fire more quickly. So obviously the more people we have, the more jobs get filled, the more tool assignments can be predetermined. Everybody doesn't have it, but if you do have it, you use it. If you don't have it, start with something. And, and, and I don't, is a, is an action a halligan? Uh, who's going to argue this, that an action a halligan is not probably the most universally carried oh. and used tool in the fire well, service other than a nozzle? Especially if you know how to use them. You can do incredible things with a halligan. I was just going to say that, John. Let's say, let's say your career or volunteer. Let's, let's, you know, we've talked about the Doesn't challenges. Doesn't matter. You're at the scene of the fire now. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. We talked about the challenges facing both. So, so you, you pull up, you have three people. You have a driver, engineer, chauffeur, driver. You have a company officer and a firefighter. And this is what I said. So the firefighter gets off. He's going to stretch. So she's going to stretch the hose for you. The company officer is going to jump off. Maybe try to get a 360. I think it's important at this point, if you only have two people disembarking and going off, you know, besides the driver, that the officer carrying an officer's tool. I used to love the little mini Halligans or those super pro bars. Those little ones, John, they had the little, the little um, uh, A tool in the end. You know, mini Halligan. At, the, at the end, yeah. Yeah, because most residential structures, Hal, if you can't mule kick it, you'll be able to force it with that. And, 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 you know, open up a little bit inside, of, you know, a little inspection hole, whatever, and some sheetrock or, you know, plaster or whatever. But at least you're bringing something with you um, when you're going in, it'll get you in or get you out. And something that is small enough where if you have to help, and, and you know this, right? Sometimes that company also has to help stretch hose. I mean, you're, you know, you can't just stand there and go, all right, Rick, Absolutely. all you, John Wayne time, buddy, get it all done. And, and you know, now that person wearing the, you know, the red or white front piece, you know, the red helmet or white front piece has to, has to, you know, they have to do 
a lot. They have to do their 360, they have to do all their other stuff, and they're helping get the line because that's all you have, right? I mean, I've so seen plenty of officers, company officers, lieutenants, and captains riding the front seat on the first engine. I've seen plenty of them hop off with a full size Halligan. Now, listen, that's not my favorite thing. That, that's, not, that's not what I want to see. That's not if you know, you, you could design a fire department, if you could design the duties and the tools of a company officer, it wouldn't be full size tools to do enforceable entry. But sometimes you got to blink your eye and realize. Well, in reality, a lot of guys do. A lot of officers sitting in the front seat do have to get involved in either pulling some hose or swinging some tools. And I've seen plenty of company officers in small departments, career departments, where there's three people on board. I've seen the officer grab a Halligan, not a, not a set, not a set of tools, not not a not an accident Halligan, just a Halligan. And then the firefighter pulling a nozzle, and he's stretching to the front door. The officers after doing a 360 or a quick, uh, you know, a quick, you know, evaluation, popping that door. Might even drop the tool. I'm not quite sure. Probably better off to take it with him. But the point is, a lot of places doesn't don't have a truck rolling in at the same time as the engine. He's sort of doing a little bit of the truck work so that he can get that line in there and put the fire out. And now he's going to crawl in with the nozzle guy, and he's going to be probably the backup firefighter and the officer. He's probably going to do both of those jobs. Well, and so here's this too. So you got you got that lieutenant pushing in after forcing the door. He's got it, you know, Halgan or a little probar or whatever. Hey, go to Firehooks. We love Firehooks. They got great tools. Anyway, um, but, you know, so you're fighting. Now your next engine pulls in, not a truck even. You know, let's just talk, you, get a lot, you know, you get a second engine in there, three guys. For Maybe the driver is going to make sure the first driver's got everything he needs. He's got water, positive source. So now you got two guys, and now that decision, you know, has to be made. Are, are they going to, you know, me, if I if I have a second choice, we've talked about this in class, I want to, I want the first primary choice has to be attack the fire. Second one is to vent, and then, you know, we, we search from there and bring second lines and so on and so forth. Um, that being, you know, we have writ teams that think about so on and so forth. But that being said, you know, I, I just think I, I, it goes back to, John, what I said. If, if you're sitting behind the captain and there's only three of you on the rig, you should know. I, I, want, I, I don't want to wait till I get to the scene and see what Captain Salka wants me to grab. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to know right. ahead of time. Right. I, I'm already thinking. Three steps, I'm at that compartment, I got the irons. Or three steps, you know, if there's nothing showing, I got the can and I got I got my axe, you know what I'm saying? Or my, you know, I, I used to like, if, if if we're first in and I don't have a truck coming in anywhere behind me soon, we get off, grab the can and grab a, you know, a six-foot hook and, and, and an axe. Just something, you know, we're, you know, we can get in, but something that gives me some versatility. If there's just two of us and our next two companies are a little bit, you know, behind us. And I'll, and I'll tell you another thing I've seen a lot, and I like it especially in lightly staffed companies. Again, some departments have a truck, but there's only one truck for every six engines, and the truck's not going to be the second rig or the third rig there, right? And it might just have two people on it. Even right. if it's a full company, it's not going to be right there. So like you just said, your first engine's in, company officer gets off, pops the door, goes in with the nozzle firefighter, they're moving in. A minute later, two minutes later, the second engine rolls up. I'll tell you what I see a lot of places do. They pull that second line off the first rig, to the front door, and what are they do with it? Same thing the first guy did. Drop it. Then they get their tool assignment and figure out what they're going to do next. Even if they're going to go in and search or do some ventilation, even if there's a target, like, guess what? We've got to report somebody on the second floor now, and maybe they're going to go in just for that. They still drag a line to the front door because now, no matter what happens, as more people arrive, that line's already pulled. The engineer on that first uh, pumper knows he's got two lines off, and he knows the second line's at the front door, and, and it's identified on his pump panel. And when somebody gets there and they need a line, if they need it right away for extension or if they need it right away to help the first line, guess what? It's at the front door. 
it takes nothing, especially most, you know, private dwellings, smaller fires. Exactly. It takes no effort at all to get that second line and drop it at the front steps and then, you know, and then branch off and do something different. Exactly. And, and you know, and I've seen it where they've, they've, you know, once they have a positive source, of course, or it's a big porta tanks on the ground or in the process, which means more people, but even at you're, you know, you're hooked to a good hydrant, charge the line too. I mean, it's, it's ready, good to go. The crew walks up, they bleed it and off they go. Let's say the guys inside had a burst line. You know, you, I mean, we've always talked about, it. there's so many things that could happen. And, and I love, I love, you know, just how you said that, because I think we, we, we preach from the same, from, from, from the same uh, ideas here in a way of, you know, thinking big, thinking ahead, you know, and, and being a little bit more prepared instead of waiting for someone to hold your hand. Um, you know, it's like that, you know, so you've got the engines job. We've got the truck companies. We, we talked about seat and riding assignments. So, you know, like I said, this, this, this particular seat, you're going to bring the irons. Um, some places they bring the irons in the can. You know, he's got, I've got the, I've got my four century size exit tools and I've got the can. Some guys are bringing the irons at a six foot all purpose hook, you know, that they're going there if you have more people so on and so forth. Like to talk about the officer bringing something with them, especially on the, on the, the you know, the smaller staff departments. I think it's also about utilizing your people, John, you know, so you've got the seats identified as to who's going to bring what, what they're going to do. A lot of departments, I'll just use Louisville, a lot of it, the Dallas Fourth Metroplex run with ambulances with firefighter paramedics on them. And I'm telling you 99 times out of a hundred, unless there's a victim laying there, <clears throat> the first ambulance in Louisville pulls over, you know, you get the driver jumps out and he goes, helps uh, you make sure that the first driver has his hydrant all stuff. The other guy's geared up, packed up, boom, he shows up to the BC, he's assignable. The other guy comes over, you know, when we've been short, you know, not short staff, but maybe one of the trucks a little delayed because one of them is, you know, mutual aid automatic and another fire. We always fill that OV position. So we take that firefighter, they're all trained to it off the ambulance. They gear up, they grab their tools, they become the OV. They don't have to ride the fifth seat on the truck company to be the outside vet man, the outside vet person, you know, that, 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 right. right. So, so that being said, you know, utilizing all of your people, whether two guys or a guy, gal shows up in a van or they show up in an ambulance, if they're not going to be tending to victims, I can always call another ambulance, right? I've got two firefighters ready to go trained, you know, gear SCBA. I just maybe have to give them some other tools if they don't have another ambulance, most of them do. And I, I, I've got another uh, two people. I've got another line. I've got another search team. I've got a roof team, whatever, you know. And I think two people, two people is a team for anything. Those are the two guys that could grab that line that the second new engine dropped at the front door when they went in, either to back up the first engine or to start a search. Or if they went in with the second line, then that two-person two ambulance firefighter team could come in, report in, and get assigned to make a search. So there's a lot of things that they can do. And flexibility, like that chief you said, who was against – you know, predetermined tool assignments. There's a lot of flexibility, and you and you can you can pull that out of your hat anytime you want. You can you can change any assignment, any tool assignment, any tactical assignment, anytime you want. Well, John, let me ask you. You know, you you, you spent a career and a half working for you know one of the world's you know uh, our country's oldest you know one of the oldest fire departments. You guys were like a fire department when Enoch was rolling stones around and fighting dinosaurs. You know, FDNY pretty much has always had riding the seat assignment. So, you know, and, and I guess a lot of people miss that. I think you see a lot of the, the post 9-11 pictures of the original riding assignment, you know, chalkboard or dry race board to fire. You know, you know how they have it covered up with the, the guy's names that went out that day and never came home. And a lot of people miss 
you know, not only is that a great memorial to those firefighters that were that were stolen from us, taken from us, but but the other side of that is that's where they were riding. And and you guys have done seat assignments and tool assignments for a long time, haven't you? Oh my God. It was old news when I joined and I'm and that's over forty years ago. My fortieth anniversary was nineteen, twenty nineteen. And it was old news then. It was something that'd been done for decades already. And it's so ingrained. And this isn't a, you know, it's not a commercial for the FDNY, but it's a commercial for that concept, for that tactic, that, that riding assignment tactic. It's so ingrained into the fabric of, of the FDNY that everybody literally becomes their assignment for the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's the OV? Me. You know, and, 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 his, and his radio says OV, and the OV sits in that seat. There's no, like, sitting whatever seat you want. Oh, you're the OV? Yes, yeah, sit where you want. No, the OV sits here. The roof sits there. The iron sits over there. You know, the can. Everybody's got their assignments. Again, we're very fortunate to have every seat full. We're very fortunate to have heavily staffed uh, apparatus. Um, but, the, but the point is, it's, it's an old concept, and it's been around. And, and concepts don't get old if they don't work. They only get old when they work, you know? And right. we've been doing it for so long, and it works so well. When you look at when you look at your your buildings, when you look at what you have in your city or your town or your jurisdiction, you know there are places that have ninety five percent private houses. Well, then you should be riding with assignments that match up with private houses. Right. You, know, you go to twenty eight truck and sixty nine engine, you will never ever ever go to a private dwelling. Matter of fact, you'll never go to a wood frame building. All it is is brick buildings in that part of Manhattan, mostly big, tall, new law tenements. That that's what they do. So. If you're fortunate enough to be able to look at what your building stock is, even in a city that's got variable neighborhoods, your fire company, your first due or second due area is probably, at least you should be familiar with it. Yep. On, on the left side of Avenue A, we got all private dwellings. And on the right side, we got all factories. So depending on the address, we know what we're going to do. I get off at the heavy axe and the porter power if it's in a factory. And I just get off with irons if it's in a house. That's, that's all very easy stuff to formulate and to practice and do all the time. Well, and I think there's enough... You know, as we kind of do a little review here, close things out here for this one. But I think there's a lot of resources out there, John. There's a lot of people out there that have been doing this for a long time. They've got SOGs that 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 you can get. You got any of the forums, any of the forums that we do, any of the sites that you go on and just post it. Say, hey, looking for SOGs on writing assignments, and and I'm you know you do that a couple of times, you'll get plenty to kind of you know cannibalize a little bit, sift through and pick and choose. You know, your volunteer department. You know, like you said. Depending on where you're at, are you are you one of those blessed valley departments that they're there that have a ton of people? You need valley parking in the parking lot when they show up, or those that show up at the scene, all right, and, and you know that kind of thing. Um, and then you got the you know the, those that are that are fighting to get people in, you know, at different times of day. And then you've got the crew departments that have plenty of staffing, and a lot of them that may not have maxed out all the seats um, to sit down and figure out ahead of time. Okay, like we like we've been saying this whole show. If you're sitting here and you and this is the particular incident, like you said before, show me show me the show me the task. What are we doing? Is MBA whatever you know? Fire blah 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 blah. Uh, is there nothing showing? Something showing? What you know? I'm not going to be dragging hose, you know, necessarily every time it's nothing showing. But if I'm going to get off and go, my captain, maybe I need to bring some stuff with me because you, know, you and I've said it. Don't ever walk around empty-handed. Don't ever no. drives me crazy when I see it in real life. Or on a picture. It drives me crazy when I see a firefighter without a tool. What 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 does our buddy, Deputy Chief Jay Jonas, say? Uh, how does he say it? A firefighter on the fire ground without a tool in his or her hand is nothing but a walking lump of carbon. 
<laughs> Nothing but a walking lump of carbon. So, uh, well, hey, Alex, Alex Perez, Miami, uh, Miami Fire Rescue. Thanks, brother. Thanks for the suggestion. Uh, uh, I, I apologize. There's four or five other people that have, have wanted us to cover this writing and tool assignments. And there's, you know, there's so much more. Basically, guys, it comes down to sitting down and figuring out, like John said, what, what, what are, what's your individual or particular response area? Like we said, spec rigs to meet your city's needs. Spec your, your writing assignments to, 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 to your response districts. So you, Your building stock. That's right. Yeah, what's your exactly. building stock? What do you got? Yep. Exactly. You know, make sure you bring what you got to bring to the right call and so on and so forth. You know, if you've got new people, it's a newer, you know, you got some new volunteers, it might be a good idea to put a little placard and to see what they sit down and go, okay, at three in the morning, they just climbed out of bed, drove to the firehouse, you know, like a maniac safely, a safe maniac trying to get there, you know, help them out a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. These are incredible people, you know, doing great jobs for us. Help them out with a little bit. It should be, like I said, that bag of marble sitting in the ground, um, you know, when, when you get to the scene. So. Any other thoughts, John, before we close this one on our writing the tool assignments? No, other, other than if you're not doing it, it, it's something you should at least take a look at and, and sit down around the table after drill one night with the officers and see if it's something you might want to start talking about and maybe looking into it might be advantageous for you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, buddy, that's another one. Another one. Uh, uh, again, we've got some great topics coming up. We got, uh, we're knocking these out all the time. We're having fun with them, as you can see. Um, John, if they want to get a hold of you, Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. And we got all our websites and Twitter and Facebooks and all that stuff too. Uh, you can get us, you can get us. That email is probably the easiest way. But uh, um, okay, again, remind your friends, iTunes. I put these on my YouTube channel for those that don't do the iTunes thing. Um, we're, we're getting a lot of hits and we love it. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. We appreciate it. Um, John and I never end any of our shows without reminding you to please keep the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And remember, please remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. God bless you.